Are you like me? Do you watch television? Well, you've come to the right place. My name is Bill Brio, and this is Brio TV, the podcast. This episode is brought to you by Super Channel, providing viewers with exceptional value and variety. CTV, which urges you to get into it, and Hollywood Suite, home of the best movies of the 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s. Hello again, all you podcasts. It's your TV friend, Billy Brio, back with another cool conversation with one of the key players on the Canadian TV scene. Today, I'm welcoming a fellow I've not really spoken with very much before, but trust me, we are all very familiar with his show. The series is Murdoch Mysteries, back for a 15th season on CBC. It's currently in production on its longest season ever, a whopping 24 episodes. The historical whodunit returned on Monday, September 13th, and will skip a week due to the federal election. Then part two of the opener airs Monday, September 27th. Part one was a doozy packed with all sorts of intrigue and dastardly developments. If you haven't seen it, turn the sound off for the next minute because I'm about to blab some part one spoilers. Okay? Murdoch, played by Yannick Besson, still the most listened to guest on this podcast, is lured to Montreal in search of his son, Harry. Dr. Julia Ogden, played by Helene Joy, by the way, she's the second most listened to podcast episode, she's thrust into duty to perform groundbreaking brain surgery. Constable Crabtree, played by Johnny Harris, is marched into a shotgun wedding, and Inspector Brackenreed is trying to clear the name of his son, who may be a murderer and is on the lam from the law, possibly BC-bound. My guest today is none other than Thomas Craig, who has played Brackenreed for the entire 15 seasons and over 200 episodes. Prior to that, the Sheffield, England native was well known for another 200-episode stint as Tommy Harris on Britain's biggest TV export, Coronation Street. He's appeared on several other memorable series on both sides of the Atlantic, including Common as Muck and Dangerfield in the UK, and The Listener, Frankie Drake, and Alias Grace in Canada. He's also a keen football fan, but... We're going to stick with TV talk today, so please put your hands together for Mr. Thomas Craig. So first of all, congratulations on the 15th season, Murdoch Mysteries. Uh, What an impressive run, and uh, you've been with it since the beginning. So thank you very much, uh, Tom. Thanks for doing this today. No, it's a pleasure. Yeah, I've not done a podcast on Murdoch Mysteries before, so well, this is. Podcasts about football, English football, and that, but never, never on Murdoch Mysteries. Well, <laughs> this is a privilege then for me because uh, it's great to have you here as the first uh, podcast guest. Uh, listen, I watched the first episode of season fifteen, uh, and uh, when this is heard, that episode will have already uh, run, and we'll have to wait uh, a week to see part two of the episode because of the uh, Canadian election next uh, on Monday. So, uh, yes, yeah, I saw that. I wondered why the uh, second episode was two weeks after the first. Yeah. yeah. Imagine the nerve bumping your show for the election. I mean, why didn't they just begin it after the election? <laughs> right. <make> no- <laughs> <laughs> or, or why couldn't they have called the election earlier? Maybe. Yeah. Well. <laughs> you know. um, but boy, that first episode back is jam packed. I mean, there's so much going on. It really is. Uh, an amazing episode, and your character, uh, in, the inspector, is very much involved. Um, and this is sort of a carryover from the cliffhanger from the season before, right? Yeah, it's to do with Murdoch's. Uh, is it his child? Is it? He's not his child. His child from Anna Fulford, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, chasing I'm, her to Montreal. I mean, you'd, you'd have to remind me because I didn't see the episode last night, and we've done like ten episodes since then, and they all kind of. It's, it's horrible to say, but they all mesh and blend into one. So I really don't remember what 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 I did in it, actually. Well, uh, what you did in it is you grabbed a guy by the throat and threw him up against the wall and said... Oh, yeah, the other cop. Yeah. yeah. The, the <laughs> <laughs> it was a great scene. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, it was it was a lot of fun. 
Um, and, uh, you know, so your son is sort of a prime suspect in a murder, correct? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's on the run. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so that won't be resolved, I guess, until part two airs. But I think that's, uh, that's, a, that's an ongoing arc about my son. Uh, is it? You know, yeah, that's an ongoing thing that is putting a wedge between kind of me and Margaret. Are we going to see him again? I don't know if I can say on this. I don't know. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I don't want to give anything away, but... Uh, okay, well, that's said I don't want to get anybody in any trouble. We'll have to... Yeah, I'm not sure how much you can say and stuff yeah, we'll, like that. We'll, we'll have to hold our breath. Um, but um, everybody's in some kind of danger. Uh, the constable's been uh, hoodwinked into a, a, a wedding, uh, you know, and we've got Murdoch uh, in Montreal getting whacked on the head and trying to find... Uh, his young son, Harry. So it's a jam-packed episode. And as you mentioned, you're, you're halfway now, just about halfway through production on, an, on the 15th season. Yeah, it was today, Tuesday. So last Friday uh, was the halfway mark. It was the 77th day out of 154-day shoot. So, yeah, last Friday was the halfway mark. And that, Tom, that's a long, long production schedule, isn't it, even for this show? Yeah, I've never I've never been involved in anything this long before. You, the most we do usually is eighteen, and we have done a Christmas special on top of that, so twenty episodes, mm-hmm. but only two or three times. This is twenty four episodes straight through. And actors don't often uh, get to be involved in a long running twenty two, twenty four episode shows anymore. A lot of new shows are shot in six or ten episodes, so it really must be a marathon, right? Well, I, I do remember when I first came to Toronto, and it was it was thirteen at the time, back in, in the early days. And I remember thinking, "Wow, that's great, thirteen. Because in England at the time, we were only doing six episodes, you know. Yeah. So I was like, "Wow, thirteen. And all the crew said at the time, I remember him saying, "You know, if this was a proper American show, we'd be doing twenty six episodes. That's the season in it. It used to be twenty six. Right, so everything has come round to the English system now. Yeah, everything less. <laughs> you know, like uh, that's sort of the way it is. Um, of course, you on Coronation Street, many, many fans remember you from that series. I believe you were on at least three seasons of uh, Corey, right? Well, well, it's not a season, really. It's just an ongoing thing. But I, I was on it for two and a half years, from uh, yeah. October 2002 to March 2005, so two and a half years. And that's... Uh, uh, the longest running uh, night, uh, prime drama in the world, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, yeah, I believe yeah. so. Um, I, think I, I think I did about two hundred and sixty episodes altogether. And now, I mean, we're talking about having to twenty-four, but holy crap, that's a lot of television uh, daily, right? Well, they would they would make an episode a day. We would we were doing like five episodes a week. So yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not in it a lot. There's 50 odd actors in Coronation Street, so you, you know you get a lot of time off. No <laughs> <laughs> so actors trying to make out it's a really hard job, but I always thought Coronation Street was a really easy job. You know, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You well, might why? be busy for a couple of weeks at a time, but then you'd have loads of time off. Well, that's one way of looking at it. Uh, are are you? you, Bill. Don't let the actors kid you. <laughs> Are you a quick study when it comes to uh, your lines? Yeah, fortunately, yeah. I mean, I've been on a lot of TV that's pretty quick, so you, you, have, you have to know your stuff when you get on set, and then you have to be prepared to rewrite stuff and what have you. So, yeah, I've, I've got a pretty good memory. Well, that certainly helps. Um, and even before that, uh, let's get back into your, your uh, credits. Um, you were on a, a series with uh, the great Edward Woodward, weren't you? <laughs> I, was, I was talking about this the other night. Were you? Yeah, we were. I was out with a couple of actors, and we were talking about had you ever done a sex scene on t- in, in, on film? Because now there's intimacy coaches and stuff like that. And the only real sex scene I've ever done was in that series that Edward Woodward was in. It was called Common as Muck, and it right. was about garbage men, bin men, garbage men. And I, I was having an affair with the lead actress in it, and she was married to the lead guy in it. So I was like a secondary character. But we had a we had a full on sex scene in that. Yeah. <laughs> wow, you had a so now. How do we get this job into intimacy coach for for TV shows? That must be a fun job. I, I don't know. I, we've we've had an intimacy coach on set this week because we're doing an episode where John, my other son has been caught in a in a sex in an early sex tape with Mary Pickford, the famous 
you know, Canadian actress who went off to Hollywood. Oh, my God. So that's the episode we're doing. So there has been, it's funny, there's been an intimacy coach on set this week. Yeah. See, that's what I love about Murdoch is how it intersects uh, with history. And uh, I really enjoyed the episode. I think it was the start of last season where you kind of suggested that Charlie Chaplin and Buster Keaton and Laurel and Hardy were were visiting uh, Toronto and mixed up with uh, the constables. Um, But uh, there you have Mary Pickford, who grew up in Toronto, was America's sweetheart. And yeah. uh, so how in the world does your character's uh, the son get mixed up with her? Well, well, my son, I don't know if you've been following it, but John was a policeman for a while. And, and then yeah. his mom, Margaret, didn't want him to be a copper. And he, he, he went off to be an actor. So in, my, in the show, my character has always wanted to be an actor. And now the son is an actor. So John gets himself into all kinds of trouble every now and again in the theater. <laughs> That's great. Um, th- this part where you know you guys are involved at the the invention of television or the first electric car um uh, is there a memorable moment in history that uh, stood out has stood out for you on the show so far uh, in the very first season murdoch invented a truth truthalyzer or a truth machine like the forerunner to the uh, when you take a test a truth test what's it called Oh, a truth serum or an eye, or a, a yeah. lie detector test? Lie detector, truth serum, yeah. So he, he, he invents this machine back in season one. And I remember all of us saying, we can't bring that back because we'll have no show. We'll be able to use the machine every episode. So I think that's only ever been seen once since season one, the truth, the, 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 the lie detector thing. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, but that, that, right. that is a quite a good invention, do you know what I mean? If you had a light, you're right, though. If you used it every week, there'd be no show. <laughs> no show, no. Um, how, I'm I, sure I think there'd be 15 seasons when we were doing season one. Though. Does that kind of blow your mind that it is the 15th season, Tom? Oh, God, yeah. I, I remember seeing the set for the very first time thinking, wow, the set's fantastic. I might get two or three seasons out of this. Yeah. And I, re- I remember my driver who drove me for the first few seasons. He was called Grant, lovely fella. And he said, I want this to get to season eight and I'll retire. And I went, Grant, this is never going to season eight. Wow. <laughs> been retired seven years. <laughs> That's double that. Yeah. Now, yeah. The, sh- the show was canceled after five years when it was on City TV, right? Yeah. I just think City TV never promoted it or we weren't a right fit for their, their content. And people didn't know it was on and what have you. And it was all over the place. But I did like it then because it was a bit edgy. It's, it's, no, it's never been edgy, but it was slightly edgier when we were on CTV than it has been on CBC. A little bit darker. Yeah. Um, well, I noticed with uh, CBC shows, they tend to be, uh, there's quite a mix in that one week it could be almost a comedy, and then the next week, as such as the part one and two we're seeing now, they're very dramatic. So I guess it gives you, it never gets boring because you do have that range, right? Yeah, the writers like to mix it up. You know what I mean? We do, we do, we have done a lot of uh, heavy stuff, and and then there is a lot of high farce in it. And then, you know, there's one or two episodes that are a bit ridiculous where the fans are like, oh, I didn't like that one. But there's 200 episodes. You can't please everybody over that period of time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, Bracken Reed is a, a great character in that uh, you he's really is able to. Uh, jump into the comedy quite as easily as the uh, the high the drama. I mean, there's a lot of range for your character in that, isn't there? Bill, if you're a good actor, it's about timing. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You but, don't, uh, do you know when people say he's a comedy actor? If anybody's a good actor and they can deliver a line, it's about timing, mate. You know, really, because you always hear people say that uh, dying's easy, comedy's hard. Uh, yeah, but you know, I've done a lot of comedy on stage and. If the writing's good and, you, and you've got, I mean, on TV, they can get the scissors in and make it better than you probably did. But no, I think if you're a good actor, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's certainly working on uh, Murdoch. Um, so here we are, as you say, you, you'd hoped you get two seasons, then you get five, and then CBC. I just, I just want to, can I just go back to the comedy? Yeah, of course. I don't, I don't think Yannick gets enough credit for being a comedy. Yannick's a really good comedy. He's got a really good comic timing. But because he plays the straight character, I think people don't really see it. They see me and Johnny as like the comedy. But Yannick's our straight man, and he's brilliant. As uh, He's really good. 
Well, yeah, I, I'd have to agree with you. And uh, all, the three of you are a wonderful combination, but they're, they're, he, he has the job of kind of holding his, the look, doesn't he? He is sort yeah, of a, yeah. the, and, and he can do a lot with an eyebrow or two in those looks. Oh, no, yeah, he's, he's, he's subtle. He's very subtle comic uh, acting skills, Yannick. Yeah. Um, it's remarkable you guys must know each other well now after this long run of the show. We know one another that well. We don't really talk to one another. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like relatives now. No, it can be a bit like, I don't know, it's like secondhand. It's like uh, we know one another back to front. You know, we, we can get on set in the morning and we've not even said good morning to one another, start rehearsing a scene, and it just it's just good timing and it happens. Do you know what I mean? It's weird. Yeah, you step right into it. You know, yeah. I mean, me, me, Johnny and Yannick are all such different characters in real life. Yeah. We've got interest that it works when we come to work together as a as a you know as the chemistry on on screen have you managed to bring uh, johnny or yannick to a football game uh, no i i think i took johnny to a tfc game a few years ago johnny's been but no yannick's not into it no he's more into riding his bike yeah <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back after this message Well, if it isn't my old pal, Emily Gagne. Emily, lovely to see you again. Lovely to see you, Bill. And listen, you are the uh, marketing manager for Hollywood Suite. Hollywood Suite, longtime sponsor here at Brio TV. What can you entice us with coming up in the next month or so? Well, you know, I'm really excited, Bill, about our music and movies stunt. So this is a collection of movies that feature music. Uh, this could be a musical, you know, like a movie like a Mamma Mia or something, or it could be a music documentary featuring some of the biggest artists of all time, you know, just people like Coldplay, Paul Simon, The Who, Jimi Hendrix, you know, yeah. just just a few big names. I've heard of those folks, yes. There's also some music films, so if you're a fan of like the Blues Brothers, you know, the 1981, uh, not Blues Brothers 2000, just to be clear, uh, and uh, Detroit Rock City is a fun one, filmed in Hamilton, actually, so wow. that's... That's a fun fact. Um, and then uh, I really like, I really recommend Ladies and Gentlemen, The Fabulous Danes. It is from the 80s. It's like a punk rock film with uh, a young Diane Lane and a young Laura Dern. And uh, I really wanted to put on your radar the premiere of Metric Dream So Real. It's a broadcast premiere, so this is a big deal for us. Uh, but of course, Metric is a good Canadian band, uh, and we're really proud to be premiering that film. My goodness, that's fantastic. So you know Hollywood Suite? Watch hundreds of movies and TV series on four channels and on demand all from $5 a month. Emily, $5 a month. That's a, how, how can you do it? Can't get better than that. Pretty good deal. That's Hollywood sweet. Thanks a lot, Emily. Thank you, Bill. And we're back. Well, uh, if you ever had an occasion, you must know your character better than anyone, um, where you've gotten a script, uh, something Peter Mitchell's, written or someone else there and said, well, you know, I don't really think the inspector would do this. Uh, do, do you get into those kind of uh, discussions at all? Uh, not so much recently. Early on, I did. Uh, you know, I, I tried to work a backstory on him. And I, th I think at the beginning they said he'd been to university. And I said, can't we make him a military man who's been around the world in the military and he's ended up in Canada? He's married a Canadian girl and he's an ex-soldier. So that was my idea, and all all that stemmed from that with mentioning Afghanistan, and he's been in Afghanistan, and he always talks about being in the army. That yeah. that was all my idea at the beginning. Well, that's interesting. Have you been in uh, situations like that before, where you help craft the character? Uh, not really, not on TV. No, uh, no, no. Things are generally written setting storm. You know what I mean. And I'm curious about the name too, uh, Bracken Reed. Or uh, yeah, like it, it seems was that character in the original books? Yes, and also I've actually been in the police station at uh, Parliament, and I think it's Parliament and Front or somewhere like that. Fifty. It's called Fifty First Division now. It used to be Station House Four. Right. And there's a there's a big old picture of all the guys from the turn of the century 
and there is a real Brackenreed. He, he was the sergeant Brackenreed. Oh, interesting. I didn't realise yeah, that. I've got a picture of him on my phone. So I took a picture of the photograph and he's a bit, he's a really big guy with a big beard and that. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's pretty cool. I've, ne- I've never come across that, that surname in real life anywhere else, but it must be, it, it is a real name. I w- was wondering if it had been a combination. There was a famous Canadian skier, Ken Reed, and I thought maybe this was oh, some, right. sort, of, some sort of tribute. <laughs> Guess well, when that. I first got the job, Bill, and they said he was called Bracken Reed, I thought his first name was Bracken. And I'm thinking, Bracken Reed, that's a great name. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you've uh, your your own uh, name is is kind of flipped, isn't it? From uh, your your acting name and the, your given name. In terms, yeah. When I, when I, my real name is Craig Thompson, and when I joined Equity, uh, they wouldn't let me have my real name back in the day. So I spent a week writing all kinds of weird, silly names, and I just decided I've been called Tom ever since I was little because of Thompson, Tom A, Tomo, and I just flipped it, Thomas Craig. Perfect. That's great. When, when, got, go on. Sorry. No, no, you go ahead. No, on screen, I'd just come off Coronation Street where I played Tommy Harris. Right. And then I saw that I was called Thomas Brackenreed. I was like, oh, can't I have a different name? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're you're stuck. There used to be a bit early on with that. Every now and again, I mentioned my surname, my my middle name. And at the beginning... I used to change the letters around, and the, I think some people picked up on it. They were like, he doesn't know his, his middle name, but I did it on a purpose just to mess around. And then I've settled on Thomas Charles Brackenreed because I like the initials TCB, which was Elvis taking care of business. You're right. Wow. That's very yeah, cool. So I settled on TCB. That's great. Um, and, and, Tom, when did you know that this is what you wanted to do when you were uh, – because I read, you know, before acting, I think you were a plumber. You, you, you had other, other roles. Uh, when, when was acting the thing that uh, was your future, do you think? Uh, when I was around 20 years old, um, I got felt, found an acting uh, group in Sheffield in my hometown and did that for a, two, two years, two and a half years, and then worked towards drama school auditions. So I, I didn't go to drama school till I was 22, nearly 23, and I was 25 when I left. So, But for the first six years when I left school, I was plumbing. Yeah, so you actually did work as a plumber. Uh, yeah, 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 six years, not a very good one. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, plumbers are in high demand, though. Uh, did, what, what Were you busy as a plumber? I worked for a small building firm, so it was it was like it was like the mid late eight no the early eighties. So there, there was not a lot of work on, you know, there weren't a lot of work to be had. Mm. But we did a lot of high end work in like nice homes and stuff. It was domestic plumbing, you know what I mean? Yeah, central heating and bathroom suites and stuff. Huh. Uh, have you ever played a plumber? I did actually. I did an episode of a thing. Oh, I can't remember what it was. Uh, do you know what it was? I think it was a thing called Dangerfield, and I actually spent two days in a Winnebago sharing it with Idris Elba. Really? <laughs> yeah, Idris, Idris, Idris was the like second or third lead in the show, and he was sharing his trailer with the guest actors. And I was playing this builder, and they had all these, these tools, and I said, I can actually weld some joints and blow lamp and everything if you want while I do the scene. And they were like, can you? I went, yeah, yeah, I'll just do that while I'm doing the scene. But yeah. And I always wonder now if I ever bumped into Idris Elba, if he'd ever remember me. He was a lovely, he was a lovely guy. That's wild. Yeah, he's done yeah, all he, right. Yeah, but he was telling me about he was a DJ then, and now he's a, he's a bit of a famous DJ. Anybody lets him DJ now, but he, he was DJing back then. Wow, very cool. Yeah. Um, and then the series uh, with Edward Woodward. My God, there's a voice, right? I mean, one of the great voices in uh, film and television. Oh yeah, Edward Woodward. Yeah, he was he's on in the, one of my films. He's in a film called Breaker Moran. Right. Yeah. One of the, that's one of your favorite films. Oh, yeah, it's a great movie with uh, Jack Thompson and Brian Brown, all them great Aussie actors. Yeah, and uh, it is a great film. Uh, Woodward was the original Equalizer over here. Yeah. And um, I way way back, I used to work for TV Guide, and I remember going to the press conferences. And, uh, boy, there's just something about his voice that you just never forget. It really stays with you. Yeah. Great actor. Um, who else did you admire growing up? Did you have an actor in mind that you thought, man, there's a career if I could ever emulate or No, like because I never, I never thought I would be an actor. I never thought of acting, you know. I, I always wanted to be a footballer, but 
But my, my dad would let me stay up late. My dad was a real big fan of Hollywood back in the 40s and 50s. And if there was a good film on late at night, he would say, you can stay up late and watch this movie. He was a big McQueen fan, Cagney, yeah. uh, Burt Lancaster, all them guys. You know, So I really liked uh, Steve McQueen growing up. Yeah, well, no kidding. <laughs> Who didn't? Like, yeah, uh, McQueen made a couple of great uh, films with Norman Jewison, the Canadian director. Yeah, Naughty Kid. Yeah, Thomas uh, Crown and uh, yeah. what was the other? Cincinnati Kid, right, you're right. Cincinnati Kid, great movie, yeah. Yeah, and uh, a lot, a lot of good films there. Um, so, were you um, someone who went to the movies a lot? Yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember my mom and dad took me to see Bullet. Oh wow! Well, there's the, yeah, one of the when I was best a, ever. about eight years old, nine years old. Bullet, I mean, that that stayed with me, and also Zulu when I was really young. Uh, wow. Well, Bullet, of course, the great. Um, Mustang chase on the streets of San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, what a, what a wonderful film. Um, and, uh, you know, we don't see Bracken Reed driving a car in, uh, Murdoch, <laughs> <laughs> although it's probably coming, right? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 it's, it's always Crabtree or Higgins who get to drive the car. They, <laughs> I think their characters own a car in it, you know? Yeah. Um, and you've also worked several other shows in Canada as well, and other shows that are um, uh, produced by the same company, um, The Listener, I think you were on, on there, and also yeah. Frankie Drake, right? I did the web uh, web episode of Frankie. I did The Listener. I did a, a couple of days on Alias Grace, and I did a bit on The Kennedys. Wow, fantastic. Um, yeah. So how, how does it work for you? Are you moved here uh permanently do you go back and forth to uh england yeah i go back and forth i live in london in south london so i've been here since april and it's the longest i've ever been away from home it's like five months uh we had a we had a hiatus in july and the production and it advised me not to travel home so we had two weeks off because they were still worried about quarantining and stuff so i've stayed here i've been here five months so i'm, I'm desperate to go home yeah uh, and and I guess you won't have an opportunity for another couple of months, right? No, I'm I'm, I'm actually going home next week. I've got time off. I've the, oh. it's just worked in the production that I've got time off, and now Canada's gone on the green list in England, so there's no messing about with quarantine when I get back. That's fantastic. Good for you. Yeah. Uh, now, um, what has it been like working through COVID? I know that the safety measures that you're all taking, masking up and everything, has it made it? Uh, much more difficult does it take longer to shoot episodes no it's no not really it's just frustrating not being able to interact with people on the crew as much because you can't see facial expressions and stuff do you know what i mean yeah it's just no i'm a sociable cat me so i don't know i just i it just it's just put a bit of a downer on that but the, the work gets done just as it, as quick as it ever did you know we're still shooting 10 pages a day wow yeah that's a pretty good clip uh, and it helps to have that environment. I've been on the set. It is pretty cool. It looks like uh, 100 years ago. Uh, you've got kind of a back lot there, haven't you? Yeah, well, that's quite, kind of expanded over the last few years. It was just a one little street, and now, you know, they've made a square. They've made all these shops. Yeah, they've, our design team are pretty good for the budget they work on. Yeah, and who's your prop guy? He's got a, a, a nickname. <laughs> you know who I'm talking Craig, about. Craig, Craig. Grant. Yeah, Craig. Like he's quite a character, and he's always making up stuff out of wood and cardboard. That he's uh, very funny, Craig. He's he's more uh, he throws more tantrums than any actor I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually seen that. I think this it, is Prop Monkey. I think is his nickname. Yeah, right? well, but uh, Craig's a bit of a genius, so he's got that weird genius uh, switch in his head when he can lose it. There was a, some famous advertising executive always said to tolerate genius always, like, you know. And so yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to mess with that. We'll be right back after this message. Remember getting those fall preview issues of TV Guide? They'd be packed with photos all sorts of information about what the next must-see shows might be. Well, September is still special at CTV. They hope you get into it with their latest offerings, including one already getting a lot of buzz, a remake of The Wonder Years. 
The old version was all about Kevin and Winnie and growing up in the suburbs back in 1968. The New Wonder Years recast the series with an African-American family, again set in the late 60s, but this time in Montgomery, Alabama. The series stars Dulé Hill, is narrated by Don Cheadle, and features E.J. Williams as 12-year-old Dean. Fred Savage, who played young Kevin in the original, is among the directors and executive producers. The Wonder Years premieres Wednesday, September 22nd on CTV. That same night, look for the premiere of the new singing competition, Alter Ego, where contestants audition as one of their singing idols. September 22nd also brings new episodes of that wacky competition show, The Masked Singer, as well as the return of one of my favorite comedies, The Connors. And speaking of returning series, the CTV original Jan, starring singer-songwriter Jan Arden, is back for a third season. That same night, look for the return of both Bob Hart's Abishola and a new season of Canada's most-watched series, The Good Doctor. September brings another bingeable season, so get into it on CTV. All right, we're back with uh, Tom, Tom Craig, Craig Thompson, the actor you've known and loved for 15 years on uh, Murdoch Mysteries and uh, 15 seasons. My goodness, what a milestone. That's that's pretty rare, you know, Tom, in Canadian television. I think that's the longest run of any uh, scripted show. Maybe uh, the Beachcombers years and years ago, but that's that's right up there. So congratulations. I, I only have heard about the Beachcombers, but apparently that was only half an hour, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, right. You, you guys have the record in terms of no, numbers I, of hour. Yeah. I, I believe that Heartland just pips us. I don't know. I think Heartland start fil- filming before us, but they're, they're a similar, they're a similar uh, season, I think. You, you're right. Again, you go, you're both been on for 15 years. Uh, but Murdoch uh, has the distinction, I, I think, in, in the last 10 years, ever since you've been on CBC, the audience is fantastic. You have a very loyal uh, viewers and uh, over a million a week watch and have consistently all those years. So congrats for that. You must hear from your fans. Uh, not really, because I'm not on social media, so I don't interact with anybody. I, I don't mind meeting fans in real life, but I, I'm not going to interact with anybody on social media, you know? Well, hats off to you. How did you manage this in, in to to ditch social media? I have more admiration for you than ever. <laughs> well, I, I don't like people knowing where I am and what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. I... Uh, I tried not to use a, a cell phone for many years for that very reason. but yeah. uh, And the but, PR girls at work have just given up on me, and I just plead ignorance when it comes to anything techno- techno- technology-wise. Well, good for you. Uh, I think the world was a, a nicer place before all that came to be. I just remember years ago when I was a young actor, and Alex Guinness, Alex Guinness, Alex Guinness did an interview, and he said, why would actors want to talk about themselves or be known because the less people know about you, the, 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 the more of the same performance you can give them. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> if you get to know you, you believe less. Well, that's funny that Guinness would say that, right? Because there yeah, was a I guy. Mean, but he had a big range. He had a lot of range. Oh, Guinness. my God. He could play. Uh, he played women in some films. You know, <laughs> he, he was one of a kind. Those early Ealing films that he yeah. made, right, are still pretty amazing. Um <laughs> Boring to hear actors talk about their craft, I think. I guess so, yeah. But people are fascinated. And I've been to a few of the uh, Murdoch uh, fan rallies, and my God, you know, the people are come from, from the U.S., from from other provinces to uh, attend any kind of a live gathering you guys do. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I've been to it. I've done a few of those, but, uh, yeah, fans everywhere. It's fantastic. Now, um, here's what I'm curious about, Tom. Maybe talk a little bit. Do you watch much television? Do you have a favorite TV show that you watch right now? I just watch. Yeah, I've been watching stuff. Uh, I've just watched the Netflix documentary on 9-11, the five-part series. Mm-hmm. And I, I was watching Fowder. I don't know if you've seen Fowder. No, I haven't. Where do we find uh, the Fowder? Fowder's on Netflix. It's, an Israeli, it's about Israeli secret service. And Fowder oh. means chaos in Hebrew. Okay. That's no. brilliant. That's pretty good. Okay. I have to catch up with that. And obviously, um, Ted Lasso, I saw the first season of Ted Lasso. That was brilliant. 
wasn't it? So talk, talk to me about that. Someone who's a football fan. The premise is very amusing that you have this guy who's like a college football coach in the, in the U S who's over yeah. in England. Does, uh, does the premise seem wildly ridiculous? Or? Well, when it, was on, it was advertised during the winter when I was back home and I think everybody who's a football fan saw the adverts and thought, oh, this is going to be a pile of rubbish. Right. And it, it's a fantastic show. It's got a lot of heart. It's, it, it was uplifting, you know what I mean? It, it, was, it made you feel good. Yeah, you've nailed it. That's exactly it. It's like, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, getting a needle for COVID. Like, it's, it's this, it makes you feel better. Uh, you, yeah. you spend an hour with that show. There's something about uh, Sudeikis, too, right? He, uh, oh, he's, yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> pretty good at it. Um, do you have an all-time favorite TV series? Oh, uh, probably when I was younger, I used to always make sure I was at home for 11 o'clock on a Monday night. I should have been at home anyway, but I was always at home. NYPD, not NYPD, Hill Street Blues used to run. It was one of the first big American shows that I remember getting into, Hill Street Blues. Oh, my God. That is one of the... Yeah. My all-time... It was a big cast. There were lots of extras in the background. It was just... It was a fantastic show. I've had the pleasure of interviewing some of those guys over the years. Um, oh, really? Yeah, uh, Charles Hade, who uh, was. Oh, Winkle. Charles Hade. Yeah, yeah, and and, and he and um, the other guy, Michael Warren, or not Michael Warren, but uh, yeah, who played the, the two? There was Hill and Renko, right? The two. Yeah, cops. Right. But, and, but who and, was who was Gordon Clapp? Oh, he was in NYPD Blues. You're there was right. Another actor who was a bit like Charles Hade, called Gordon Clapp. Yeah. And, the catcher in the Bull Durham, and he, he was one of the cop. But NYPD Blue was like the next thing after Hill Street Blues. That's right. Uh, I thought that was a fantastic show. NYPD Blue as well. They both were great. Uh, Super. But, but the first, the first big kind of like thing I got into was twenty years ago was Oz, which is like HBO's first ever drama. Oh yeah. The and nobody prison. talks about Oz. They always talk about Sopranos and that. But Oz was oh that was groundbreaking. Yeah, I mean uh, that was a very gritty prison drama. Uh, with the great actor who's on rescue, or uh, oh my goodness, he's done comedy and uh, yes, I know um, what you mean. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, he, he plays Dennis Thingy's brother in Rescue Me. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dennis, uh, Dennis, come on, what's his name? I know. Um, oh, Dennis Lurie. Dennis Lurie. <laughs> yeah, he plays uh, Dennis yeah, Lurie's yeah. Bro- brother. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oz is a great show and one of the best. And uh, The Wire as well. All of those are pretty oh, good. Oh, The Wire. Yeah. 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 Uh, when you were a youngster, was there a, a children's show that you uh, you favored that you thought was pretty cool? <laughs> there was, there was, yeah, there was a show called Grange Hill. Grange Hill? Yeah. No, I don't know this. It was a show by a guy called Phil Redmond who went on to uh, produce and create Brookside, which was Channel 4's first ever. Soap, which was a rival to Coronation Street and Emmerdale back in the day. Yeah. Phil Redmond had done this groundbreaking series called Grain Chill, which was set in a secondary school. And it, it, it touched on a lot of issues like drugs and, and all kinds of stuff. It was a great show. Wow. I'll have to look that one up, try and find it. Um, do you have a favorite Canadian show besides your own? Uh, I'll tell you what. I saw the first ever season of Durham County because Salem was in it. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, great show. You're hitting the mark on all of these. That's a <laughs> and then oh. then another one I watched because John Doyle's good at recommending shows. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he recommended a show about five years ago when it came on to Netflix, uh, set in Vancouver, Intelligence. Yes, John's a big big fan of that showrunner. Yeah, uh, he ran for two seasons. It was that was a great show. He, you know, he did Da Vinci's Inquest prior to that, yeah. and uh, it was a very, very good show. I think it was on Fox for a little while, maybe, or uh, yeah. another show. But, uh, well, these are great choices. We'll be right back after this message. seems to be going back and re-watching episodes of favorite TV shows. Are you? Oh, absolutely. The binge. It's a very deep and personal thing. Yes, it is. But how about Weeds? It's one of the modern TV favorites, such as Mad Men or the Royals, now exclusively available to stream and binge on Super Channel. 
Yeah, um, this is the one with Mary Louise Parker, right? Yeah. Mary Louise Parker, Martin Donovan, Kevin Nealon from Saturday Night Live, Elizabeth Perkins, many guest stars too. Matthew Modine, Jennifer Jason Lee. Terrific show. Parker is the one she plays a housewife who lives in Southern California in a suburb called Agrestic. Agrestic. That that sounds like the antidepressant I've had to start taking since you've asked me to join in these podcasts. Bill. Yeah, yeah, no, no, seriously. Anyway, after her husband dies, <laughs> she becomes a drug dealer in order to make ends meet. Ah, don't bogart my binge, Bill. No, of course. I remember Leeds. Fantastic reviews right out of the gate and uh, terrific performances yeah. from uh, Mary Louise Parker. So now I can watch multiple seasons all on Super Channel? Yes, you can. Now, Weeds is easier to score than ever. <laughs> all eight seasons are on Super Channel Fuse or anytime on Super Channel On Demand. And don't forget, you can also watch the entire Super Channel menu through Amazon Prime or via the Apple TV app. Sounds good. Great. And we're back. Now, how was it that you came to be cast on Murdoch Mysteries? Well, I, th- I think because Coronation Street is big in Canada. Yes. I remember being at the studios when they used to do tours. It would always be mainly people from Ireland and people from Canada who would do the tours, you know. <laughs> really? Yeah, and then you knew that some of the cast from Curry would go on Canadian tours in the winter and do signings and, and Q&As and stuff. Do you know what I mean? I, I yeah. never got out. Probably wasn't on it long enough, but a few of my mates have done it, like uh, Michael Lavelle plays Kevin Webster, Chris Gascoigne who plays Peter Barlow. They've they've done it, mm-hmm. so I, I knew I knew they had a following here. So I think because I'd only just been killed off, I was in. I, was, I had quite a high profile in England at the time on TV, and I was just fortunate to be one of the five six guys who was put up for the job, and I got it. Wow. Um- did you know you were going to get killed off? Did that uh, come as a surprise when that happened? What, on Corrie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just bought a house in Manchester. <laughs> oh, no. And they killed you I off. I just got the key, and then two months later, he told me they were killing me off. <laughs> you, you couldn't have talked to somebody and said, listen, could you just make him very, very sick for a while? No, no. It was, it was, it, it went, the storyline went on for 13 months. It, it weren't like they were killing me off the next day, but he said, oh, Tom. <laughs> everybody gets called in for a meeting with the producers in the January and he says oh we've got this great storyline it's going to be this it's going to be that blah 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 and he says at the end you die (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like I've just bought a house here man (laughs) no that's awful that's his life you know yeah no kidding Um, well it seemed to have worked out Um, and then uh, what were your impressions of Canada then before that you came here to do Murdoch I'd never ever dreamt or had any inclination to come to Canada. I'd worked in Zimbabwe and I'd actually been to the Victoria Falls in, in the jungle. You know wow. what I mean? Yes. So I'd seen the Victoria Falls. So Niagara never had that. I never, never had that Niagara thing in the back of my head. And then, no, I never ever thought. I did a film uh, in, 20, in 2020. 20, 2000, sorry. Yeah. And it was released at the time of 2001, uh, 9-11. And the cast, we were split. I went to Venice and the other cast came to Toronto. So the cast who came to Toronto, they got stuck here for a week because they couldn't fly home. So that's the only time I'd can- Canada had ever come into my consciousness, knowing that some of the boys I'd done this film with were stuck in Toronto for a, for a week. Well, it must have been a bit of a mind blower for you to suddenly have to... Uh, put down roots in in Toronto, or at least camp out for a few months while you worked on this series. Did uh, is is that? Yeah, it was, but it was only four months at the beginning. It was only thirteen episodes, and we had a like a two week break in the middle. So it was only like six weeks, and then you were back home for two, and then another six. It wasn't a big deal, and my, my kids were small, so they came out with their mom, and you know it, it wasn't such a big deal. But mm. I'm. I'm glad my kids are growing up now because this is a long stretch not to see them but they've, they've left home and stuff so you know right yeah um, I'll tell you, I know my first conversation with a Canadian please yes so I've got I've told this story before but I don't know I get picked up at the airport and the guy's there in the big limo and I'm like wow this is fantastic I'm working abroad I'm getting picked up in a limo this is this I've made it you know what I mean and I jump in the back he gets me bags in the back he, he puts me in the back and he, he looked in the mirror and he went are you English? 
I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. He went, do you like soccer? I went, yeah, yeah. And he went, he went this is a hockey town, kid. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That was my first conversation with Canadian. Well, I, 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 let me apologize on behalf of all the other hockey fans here. Uh, anybody from Toronto who gives somebody a hard time about hockey should be uh, looking in the <laughs> mirror because our team hasn't won since 1967. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, whereas the Toronto FC has won uh, much, much more recently. So uh, yeah. do you I get- know, but, you know, you jump into the culture. I, I went and got a book about Bobby Orr called Searching for Bobby Orr, which like fills you in on hockey and stuff like that because I didn't know a thing about hockey. But I'm into baseball. I really like baseball. Well, that's a great book by about Orr, by the way. By, yeah, uh, the oh, writer really? uh, Stephen was it Stephen Stephen Brunt from the Globe and yeah. Mail. Yeah, yeah, he, that's a wonderful book. So, uh, and then of course everybody's a Blue Jays fan once again. We're all back yeah. on the bandwagon. Yeah, it's great because yeah. I've always played cricket and, and watched cricket. Wow. So being away in the summer, I've, I've I've got away from cricket because I never I never see any cricket anymore or play. So baseballs replaced cricket for me. Oh, that's good. Well, that's good. Yeah. yeah, there's a bit of cricket. I live in Brampton here, and uh, oh, there's a lot of lads played cricket in Brampton. Yeah, that there's that, and and boy, is uh, football ever big here. My kids both grew up playing that. Um, in fact, I just voted at the football. Uh, they have a big sports sort of uh, building here where where they have indoor soccer as well. Um, it, it's it's one of those sports that you just have to be able to afford the shorts and the shoes. Whereas hockey, you know, if your kids are into hockey, it's so expensive to get them uh, started on it, right? It's not just that, is it? It's driving everywhere. You've got to drive everywhere. It's yeah. Time, you know? yeah, yeah. And then your kid probably falls out of love with it when you just think he's going to make the NHL. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I was I was secretly kind of okay when my uh, son and daughter both displayed no. Uh, super talent for hockey it was too expensive um and they had a lot of fun playing uh, playing soccer locally for sure uh well listen tom it's uh, been really wonderful getting caught up uh, with you uh murdoch mysteries is the show it's entering uh, season 15 and uh this two-part uh, uh introduction to the series gets everything off on a very dramatic footing is there anything you can tease us about in terms of uh, bracken reed some of the predicaments that we might be seeing him in this season it's just there's just this arc with uh, my son bobby who's uh, he's in the wind shall we say yeah <laughs> he's and you, you see my other son my other son makes a return uh yeah, I don't know, you know. That's all you can tell us for now. We don't want to spoil <laughs> oh, anything. I'll tell you what I do. I, I coach I coach women's volleyball. You what? You coach women? Really? Volleyball. Really? I invent the spike. I invent the spike. <laughs> wow. Um, I actually played beach volleyball down in the East End at the Barmy Beach Club. So the producers, the writers know that. So they've made me the coach of the volleyball and I invent the spike. <laughs> That's fantastic. That is hilarious. And what, some of the other things that uh, Bracken Reed has invented uh, over I've the years. Invented, I invented the wall at football, the barri- and I called it the barricade. And I invented buffalo wings. <laughs> <laughs> Do you make buffalo wings? No, I don't know if you remember. There's a storyline where Murdoch and I, we, we go to Buffalo to bring a criminal back, and we get there late at night and we're starving. And we go in this pub and we ask for food and there's no food and she's throwing all these bits of chicken out and I just say, fry them up, I'll have them. And the guy goes, these Canadians will eat anything. That's <laughs> hilarious. So you invented the famous Buffalo Wings. Yeah, yeah, totally. Wow. Well, the city of Buffalo owes you uh, a great debt of <laughs> gratitude for that. They are pretty good. you got to go to the Anchor Bar, though, right? Uh, that's where they get the great uh, Buffalo Wings. Um, well, my son's in Buffalo at the moment. Who is? My son, he's got a soccer scholarship at a college in Buffalo, so he's been here about a month. That's fantastic. Wow. Yeah. He, he sounds yeah. pretty talented. Yeah, he's not a bad footballer. He's, he's, yeah, he's, you know. You must get very into the games, right, when he's playing. Well, he's, they, they, I've not been able to see him yet because we can't cross the border, so, but he's got a game tonight, and it's stream, they stream it on, the, on live, so I'll see it on my iPad later tonight. Very good. What do, what are the, when you go back to, uh, to England, to... Uh, is it Sheffield or do you London? Where is I, your... I live in London, but I'm from Sheffield. 
Um, what are the impression of Murdoch mystery there? I know it airs all over the world in France and many, many. Yeah, different you lands. just you just meet people randomly who just love it. I mean, a lot of people have never heard of it because it's on a channel that you have to buy. It's not free free to air, mm-hmm. so not everybody has it. But when you meet fans, they're just crazy for it. Yeah, I was in uh, France a few years ago at attending MIPCOM, the international market for television shows. And I turned on the TV there, and on a Sunday night, Murdoch aired back to back to back three <laughs> three hours of Murdoch. In French, in yes, French. yeah. Was I, I was speaking French. You were very fluently. <laughs> the funniest thing I've ever seen is Yannick Besson being dubbed in French. I mean, he's from Quebec. Like he could be. Yeah, doing he's it. bilingual, Yannick. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, have you seen yourself being dubbed in foreign languages, in German or Italian or different things? Uh, I, th- I think my, my nephew was in Spain and he, he, he videoed a clip from his TV. I was speaking Spanish in the Spanish version. But apparently I'm, I'm dubbed in the Czech Republic by their Homer Simpson, the guy who does Homer Simpson <laughs> in the Czech Republic. He does me. <laughs> that is awesome. There's yeah. no higher award in, in television <laughs> than to be dubbed by the guy that does Homer Simpson. Well, yeah. I, think, I think on that note, Tom, we better, <laughs> we better say uh, farewell. But thank you so much for doing this. Continued success uh, in, uh, on Murdoch and your other ventures. And um, have a safe trip back. Uh, uh, happy that you're able to finally yeah. get to your homeland uh, for a little R&R while uh, you, your show yeah. takes it's a bit a of a break. Pleasure. That's it for this episode of Brio TV, the podcast. Please follow and subscribe for all the info on future episodes. And remember, you can always catch up on TV news and reviews daily at Brio.tv. Thanks for listening. <laughs>